fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and this is episode 363 yeah. hey 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 Doctor Who fans, I hope you're keeping well and safe. We hope you're all uh, enjoying the break, enjoying the Doctor Who, uh, what's been going on the last week and, and all that. We hope you're having a cracking couple of months, I suppose, mm-hmm. and that you've all managed to do something. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. <laughs> Related. Related. Indeedy. That feels good to do that, buddy. It does. It does indeedy. It really does, yeah. Yes. So, what have we been up to? Bugger all by the sound of it. <laughs> two months. Two months of no Where recording. Where did that two months go? Honestly. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. I'll be honest with you, dude. Because normally, um, uh, I'll get onto the the usual sort of housekeeping stuff in a second. But usually, Adam and I have a big catch up, and it's normally like, oh, did you watch this episode of Doctor Who, or did you see that bit of merch, or did you do this? We've had nothing, like zero for two for two months of uh, <laughs> of any of that. So our catch up before we recorded was very much what we've been up to in terms of travel and you know work and and all that stuff so yeah it's been um it's been weird but also very strangely cool to have a nice break from doctor who for a while and i'm and i'm sure you you'll echo these thoughts but um do you know what dude it was just getting a bit of a it was getting a bit like nothing's happening you know chibbers is not putting any news out there's every week when we try to cover some news it's like somebody's made a tea towel with the the Doctor Who logo in the corner, and it's selling on Etsy for a for five pounds, and that's all great. You know, it was we had we had finished scraping the barrel, and we were through the barrel, and we were scraping the floor underneath the barrel. So, um, yeah, it was nice also because um and and somebody had um, tweeted us, and before I go any further, actually, I just want to say a, a big big thank you to everybody that contacted us over the last couple of months. It's um way more than I expected. So all of you that tweeted and emailed and sent on Facebook and whatever, it's thank you so much because we had a, a slow trickle every few days of, guys, where are you? What's going on? I'm missing the... So thank you so much for all that. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was just um, nothing going on. And um, I think because we recorded, well, we have recorded fairly consistently for what, how many years now, dude? Seven years Oh, gosh, eight yeah. years something like that we've never had a decent break more than just because adam and i normally take a couple of weeks off over the summer and then we take maybe a week maybe two weeks over christmas and new year sometimes mm. um so we've never had a decent bit of downtime from who which is not a bad thing of course but i'll be honest mate it was nice just to catch up on all the other things like all the other netflix and tv and books and all that stuff <laughs> that's not doctor who so um i'm sure you echo that dude it was nice to have a little break it, it does, yeah. It's, it's always nice to take a break, and um, it's incredible actually because there was a, a couple of times when we'd almost managed to to sort out a time we could record. Because obviously, time me being over in Texas, and 
you were in Dallas at one point and then you were back in the UK and we've, you know, then Toronto, you're in Toronto and we've been all over the place in the last uh, two months. It's quite incredible to look back. So we've both been busy bees, but there are a couple of times when we almost managed to record um, over those two months. And, and I was thinking that the ironic thing was, um, so like the night before I thought we were going to record, I'd be like, oh, we, what are we going to talk about in the waffle tomorrow? And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I've been away for six weeks and there's still nothing happening or nothing to report mm-hmm. on. But um, so yeah, it's kind of like, I don't feel we missed anything in terms of news in the void. I think the only thing I would have liked was when they finally dropped the the trailer for The Power of the Doctor. They, they dropped a very awesome trailer and I was thinking, oh, that'd be cool. We can discuss that and talk about our hopes for the episode. But um, obviously that that didn't happen. But we, in a way, it'd be quite cool when we actually get to review the episode today. We can talk about what you know, what we thought might the episode might have been like and what we actually uh, turned out to get. So, yeah, but it's, it's been a good little break and um, it, it's gone quick because, as I said, I think both of us have been, although we've been on a break for the podcast, we've both been really busy with other things. It's just, uh, it's been a crazy couple of couple of months, but it feels good to be back and it it feels like there there is a massive buzz at the minute, which after this long hiatus of two months of of pretty much a barren barrel (laughs) this buzz that we've got at the minute uh, from the episode and from the little teaser trailer we got and from the uh, promo pictures uh, not promo pictures but the new logo and stuff which we'll talk about and all the other stuff we've got in the last few days it does feel like there's a, a big buzz again which again after having a nice little break it's really sort of ignited my enthusiasm um for recording again for talking about doctor who again so yeah it's been a nice little break but it certainly feels like a good time to to come back and and get back into the swing of doctor who that's for sure it does indeedy yeah and um it's weird because um it's like sometimes it's a culmination of all the things right so as lo- as well as not having anything that's leaked out, not leaked, but released by the BBC or from, from Chibnall about the upcoming <clears throat> Power of the Doctor and so on, mm. <clears throat> there was just nothing else going on um, no. in fandom in general. I think we had a couple. There was an event that happened at the BFI. Um, our writer Maria put a review on for that, um, which was yes. cool. And I think, um, you know, there was a couple of little things happening. There was a Terence Dix event, which looked really cool. Um, mm. which we obviously couldn't um, attend, which that looks kind of cool. But just in the main, it was just really, really quiet overall. Um, mm. So when you have fandom being quite quiet, you have the official B being quiet, you know, there's not much going on. Um, in a way, we kind of timed it perfectly, <laughs> I guess, to um, <laughs> to go off and have a bit of a break because it would have been worse, like fast forward to next year and we've got the new series happening with Russell back and all of a sudden we can't record. That would have been... That would have been um, a bit harder to swallow, but so yeah, it's um, it's it's been a, a nicely timed little little break, and coincidentally, the stars seem to align fairly often with us. You know, the first week that we're back to record is the week that the the special dropped and Jody's last episode, so it's all good in that respect. Yeah, I was going to say it does feel like a good time to come back. It does feel like a good episode to come back on and and talk about. And God, we've got a lot to talk about. Is there's a hell of a lot to unpack in the, in the power of the Doctor? That's for sure. So I don't think we'll be short of anything to say. Uh, I mentioned the new logo there, dude, which has dropped. I say new. Oh. It looks kind of familiar. This diamond logo that has dropped and. 
I'm just going to say straight off the bat, I am going to assume that this is the logo for the specials, the three anniversary specials, because Diamond logo, Diamond anniversary. I don't think this will be Shooter's logo. Um, I would be surprised, but um, I'll just say I love it. I think it's great. I mean, I've always liked the Diamond logo. There's something very unusual about it. It feels um, very nostalgic and very modern at the same time. I think it's great that they're bringing it back. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy myself. But what do you think? What do you, th- do you like the new logo? Yeah, dude. It looks so good. I thought you would. Oh, it looks so good. And I think, um, yeah, we had we had some criticisms, didn't we, when they released the 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 logo that's throughout Jody's era. Mm-hmm. Remember that yellow one and stuff when they first released yeah. that. We were like, eh, it's a bit thin. It's all right, you know. It's, it's, it's okay. Sticky. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas this one. And I'm not just saying that because of the classic influence on it and, you know, the retro feel to it. It does have a really, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm croaking this morning. Oh, it does a bit Barry White there. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a really, really lovely um, updated um, sort of colour palette and feel to it. It's got a really mm. contemporary feel, but it also has that um, sort of retroness to it, which is obviously going to make a lot of classic Who fans really happy and, and stuff. So, yeah, I'm all over it, mate. And, um yeah, it makes a really good wallpaper as well. If anyone wants to Google, just Google like, you know, new, go to Google and like new Doctor Who logo and then use the filter to make sure the images are in like the l- larger size. It makes a really cool little wallpaper. So yeah, it looks really cool, dude. Love it. So it what does. about the, um, what about the news also that Doctor Who's going to be on Disney Plus for our, anyone that's not, and you have to clarify that by the way, because a lot of people have lost their, their beep. If you're in the UK, you won't see it on Disney Plus. So in the UK, it's still... Um, exclusive to um, obviously the BBC channel, BBC One, and on BBC iPlayer. But if you're outside of the UK and you're on Disney Plus, you'll get all the. I'm assuming you'll get all of modern Doctor Who, like they did mm. with um, with iPlayer. They'll just dump everything from Eccleston onwards. But that's kind of cool, dude. What do you think about that? I, I think it is. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people getting a bit wound up about this, and I don't really understand the reasons why. Because I, I, I can only see it as a plus. I, I get like. Um, I, I think I, I get it from a sense that if you don't subscribe to Disney Plus, you're now going to have to pay to watch it. I, I can understand that frustration. Uh, so, like, if you're watching BBC America, you might have been able to watch it for free. But um, but now I think in terms of bringing Doctor Who to a, to a global scale again, putting it on Disney Plus has got to be a good thing. And um, I'm slightly confused because I'd heard that they weren't having any creative input into it in terms of financially. They weren't doing anything. But now it's been reported, I think, in the Telegraph or something today that they they are injecting money into it and they do have sort of a creative input. So I'm not sure now. Um, but either way, I personally, I think it's a good move. I think, you know, Doctor Who's been with the BBC for a very long time now and the BBC has changed massively over those 60 years. And I just think it's time to look at other options. Um, not that I would ever want it to leave the BBC, but I think um, taking it to Disney Plus as well as the BBC seems like a good hybrid to me. I, I, I think it's a good a good partnership. So, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think it's a good thing. I, 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 I see a lot of negativity out there towards Disney Plus, and I, I don't really know why. I know they've had a couple of clangers. I know they, you know, like some of the stuff hasn't always landed that well on Disney Plus, but, you know, they're a, they're a huge company. Yeah, um, yep. And I don't know, maybe there's stuff I don't know about, but to me, it seems like a good move. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where 
the the people that are running Doctor Who, and I say that as a very big oversimplification, but the people who are overseeing what happens with the show, whether that's Russell executives at the BBC or a combination of them, I'm not sure. Mm. Realistically and sensibly, there has to be a decision made for the future of the show. You either just stick with this cosy little show that's only on the in the BBC and that's it, and then they just sell it off to various territories and they play it on their own channels in other countries. You just stick with that, or you really try and go head-to-head with the big players who are also in that genre. If you think about other shows that are on the streaming services like um, some of the Star Wars stuff like The Mandalorian and Andor and all that stuff and then over on Netflix you've got Stranger Things and you know those big programs there if Doctor Who really wants to be considered as a serious um, not competitor but like another show in that genre that's going to be a global thing and they really want to push that you've got to make those decisions I guess and you've really got to make some partners like Disney Plus to do that so I would say that I mean either decision would have been fine for us I think if they decided mm-hmm. to keep it just how's lovely in its cozy little comfort zone in the BBC then that would have been fine I guess um, but the the benefits and the advantages that comes with having it on something like Disney Plus is like you said the global reach is now going to be huge yeah. um, and then you've also got things like now, this is a bit of a trade-off, so I'm not sure how this is going to play out. We'll have to see when you and I are recording this in a couple of years' time. We'll see how this has panned out. But you've got the injection of money, um, which will also bring things like you know more merch, hopefully, more events, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the trade-off with the creative control might be a thing, so I'm not sure. So we have to put faith in Russell, though, and yeah. the whole Bad Wolf company and, and all that malarkey. We have to put a little bit of faith in him. He hasn't steered us wrong yet. So we'll see what's going to happen if the, you know, if there'd be, <laughs> there'll be some product placement, there'll be like a little Mickey Mouse bobblehead in the TARDIS maybe, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But they might have an episode, whether at Disneyland or whatever. But so, uh, and what I mean by that seriously is that the executives at Disney might prod Russell and say, we want to see this in Doctor Who, or we want to see this theme in Doctor Who, or we want to see it look like this. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. But overall, I think it's a really, really good move. And it's a sensible move if they want to take Doctor Who to that next level and compete with those big, big shows that get like the massive viewing numbers. You can only do that by, you know, jumping onto a big streamer. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. Yeah, definitely. And I think out of all the, you know, streaming platforms that are available, to me, Disney Plus sort of feels like the right one like I, Netflix is is a big you know platform but I don't know something about Disney Plus just feels like that is quite a good home for Doctor Who um but we'll see yeah I hopefully I don't know about the input thing that is something we're gonna have to wait and see like we can't judge that until we actually see it but um yeah for now I think it's a good move and like you said globally it's a good move yeah I think so yes so this could see um like a massive so when um <clears throat> you know we've reported over the last couple of years that the viewing figures are slowly declined and whatever mm-hmm. yeah. this will be like the opposite i think for a while as soon as that first episode lands on disney plus there'll be like this massive i can just see it like this massive spike so i hope that mm-hmm. doesn't get them overexcited and you know so I, I, we'll have to see how that settles down as well you know, as they um go through the next series which is going to be what series 15 is it 15 14 
uh, what we on? 14. Yeah, It'll be 14, well, won't it? Yeah, I don't know. Are they going to call it the specials and then Series 14, or are the specials Series 14 and then it's 15? I don't know. I don't know. Who Not knows? Sure. So Who knows? we have to see how it settles down. But I can see that very first one that drops next year mm. um, just going absolutely bananas for a few reasons because David Tennant's obviously back. Yeah. And he's known, I think he's known, him and Matt Smith are known globally as the most popular doctors like it or love it you know loathe it whatever those two are the two that really sent the show up into the into the stratosphere for a little while so we'll see dude it's exciting though it's exciting it is exciting i have to say as well i it sounds like a sort of bit of a myth or legend when people say things like this but it's actually happened that i've seen friends that have like just because david's back and like suddenly going to watch the show again. And I thought, you know, that's that sounds like the sort of thing you say, but yeah, come on, is David Tennant really that popular still? It seems it is. My One of my friends, Joe, she's a massive, you know, she was a massive Doctor Who fan and she loved Tennant, but she when Matt took over, she sort of took a while to warm to him. She grew to love Matt. She dipped out a little bit during Capaldi's run. She, she liked Capaldi, but just didn't think the stories were that good. She gave Jodie a go. I think she watched Series 11 and then just kind of said, I'm I'm done. And then, anyway, she messaged and said, like, her enthusiasm, she's like, oh, my God, you know, David's back, and I love the little teaser, and I'm, I'm going to go back and watch it all again, and I'm going to watch Jodie's run, and straight back into it. And I'm like, there is something about David Tennant, isn't there, that people just... Not everybody, obviously, and I think a lot of the a lot of the hate that goes towards David Tennant is from people who just hate the fact he is that popular. But it's undeniable. But mm. it's not just Joe. I've seen, I've seen quite a few people. I'm not talking about Twitter people that I don't know. I'm talking about people I actually know in real life, saying, "Oh wow, well, I'm definitely going to be watching that." You know, just because David Tennant's back, and I, I think it's incredible. Um, and also, it seems like people who just the general public seem to be more aware of it. My parents said to me the other day, oh, David Tennant's back. And I'm like, what? what? My parents haven't <laughs> mentioned Doctor Who in years. They know I love it, but, you know, it just it is. This, I guess he's just a well-known, established you know, actor in it, David Tennant. He's just, he's just that thing, yeah. and it just creates excitement. Um, so, yeah, definitely a good thing. Just before we move away from the logo, mate, I just want to say as well, I know a lot of people will be whether they love or loathe it, or be worried about the Blu-ray collection box sets. Oh, my God, no, they're <laughs> going to change the logo. The consistency will go. Apparently, um, Russell confirmed on Insta that it's not going to change. So double-edged sword that for me. So great, because they're all going to match. You know, they're not going to change the logo on the Blu-ray sets. But, yeah, I've never been a massive fan of that stick-like mm-hmm. twiglet logo. But um, anyway, <laughs> it, I mean, it's not the worst. It's all right, but... Imagine the Blu-ray sets of that lovely diamond logo on them. Do you know what, anyway, mate? You've, but- uh, you've read my mind with that because I think this new logo would suit these box sets. I know. Just chef's kiss. Like, yeah. it would be so <laughs> perfect to put on those. But you can't go back now and, oh, my God. What Somebody a- did oh. put a picture on, on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. like a fan-made, this is what they'd look like. And I thought, it does really suit it, actually, because it's so chunky and it mm-hmm. really stands out on the spine. Whereas the you know the thirtieth Doctor logo, it's just so spindly the and twiglet oh, logo. Twiglet I love logo. It. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I must admit it, I have well I'm glad it's not changing so that it'll match. But part of me thinks if only it was there was a way to you know like the DVD sleeves if only they could offer 
replacement sleeves that you could make them all match, but you can't do that with those. Oh, yeah. Well, you could with the standard versions. Standards, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. could change those, but not the um, limited ones. Yeah, we're too far down the rabbit hole now. If Can yeah. you imagine, mate, if the next one, uh, season two that's coming out, they put the... <laughs> the logo on it and it didn't match all the others you'd be like christ here we go <laughs> oh god actually do you know i'm i'm so looking forward to that coming out because obviously was that announced when we were on yeah, our break it was did uh, you yeah. pre-order it oh, oh immediately of yeah, oh yeah because yeah, i yeah. listened to your i listened to your um you know your podcast where you were talking about it, actually um yeah no I'm, I'm so excited for that i was really hoping it might come out like now because now i'm back from um back home for a couple of months and before i go back to the us i'm like i need uh, and, I, and i've got the house to myself this is the perfect opportunity to to have the television to myself and just watch endless extras from a blu-ray set so i was really hoping it'd get released soon but it's still got no date has it i think it's like the no it hasn't yeah amazon still, have uh, mm. have been very generous they've still got it as um New Year's Eve 2025. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Mind I you, I'm going, to the, I'm going to the BFI screening uh, this Saturday, um, which is like uh, it, they're showing the Time Meddler and it's always it's like a preview of the next Blu-ray set. Um, and they normally tie those in fairly close to the release, although the last one, what was the last one? That took, that came out ages after the BFI event. Because the BFI events used to be like two weeks before the release of the set, didn't they? And then that could change with the last set, which seemed to take forever to come out, was Colin's era first set, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Well, his right. first year, his yeah. first season, not his first set. But that, that came out about two months after the BFI screening, I think so. Mate, anyway, I'd, I'd, it'd be nice if we got it before Christmas, let's put it that way. It would be awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just wondering how they're going to handle. We will go on to that on another episode, but it'd be interesting to see how they handle the um, the restoration side of things because those ones are they have a combination of um, some of them already looking really good, like some of the footage that they've managed to to salvage over the years looks really good. Other ones look questionable <laughs> at mm. best. So it'll be fascinating to see how they how they handle that. Um, and some of the extras and stuff because you know a lot of people involved in that that era of the show there's only a few few left bless them it sounds a bit morbid but mm. you know there's mm. only a few people with us still so yeah be an interesting set that one yeah, yeah. i mean there's the whole the, obviously there's no animation been included on this set it's all it's going to be telly stats which is a shame and that does slightly bring me back to the disney plus thing so obviously we learn couple of months ago didn't we that, that there's the animations of the funding had been pulled by bbc america which we now know why <laughs> we now know why they pulled their funding but that does make me think does that mean a disney plus going to invest some money in animation for doctor who do you think because if they do i'm assuming their budget is a lot bigger than bbc america so mm, i would yeah. think that might be another plus side of doctor who going to disney plus is that something that that could happen you think that they could absolutely. fund yeah, absolutely, new animations yeah. and it, they would yeah. be good animations wouldn't they I assume yeah defo um, there's absolutely no reason why the funding just stops at, you know wouldn't stop at, um, just production on the TV show it mm. should because um, that seems to be Disney's thing as well if you look at what they've done with yeah. Star Wars it's like it's not just the main Star Wars films it's like let's branch out and look at all these other characters and different mediums so yeah I, I totally see maybe in two or three years time 
some new Doctor Who animation drop in. Not not just to fill in the gaps from some of the lost episodes, but some newer stuff for, for oh. who definitely, mate. Yeah. Defo. Yeah, so that's quite exciting as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, Doctor Who collection uh, season 22 you're talking about. That dropped in the end of June this year, but we went to the BFI, what was it, in February? Yeah, I remember there was quite mm-hmm. a long gap. Yeah, I'm not yeah. quite sure what the hold-up was with that. But, um, yeah, it'd be nice if we got the season two before Christmas. I assume it would be. I assume it's an announcement for this year rather than next. But, you know, you know how quickly time goes, mate. Suddenly mm-hmm. it's Christmas and then we'll be into January. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll probably get some news on at the BFI, mate, the weekend. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Yeah, ro- I think our roving reporter Maria is going to be there, mate. So she'll be on top of it. Don't worry. She'll any news like that. You know, when I'm drunk at the bar and <laughs> being useless and <laughs> podcast, what podcast? Don't worry, because Maria's there. She she gets all the all the goss for us. It's yeah, all good. she's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. So I think that's going to do for catch ups and waffles and stuff. So before we get on to our review of the power of the Doctor, mm. um, if you are new here, if this is your first time listening to the big blue box this is slightly different than normal because they had a bit more of a a waffle and a catch-up and we've been away for a little while if this is your returning listen welcome back all of the grizzled ancients all of the regular Mm -hmm. listeners everybody it's great to have you all here listening as we waffle on about talk to remember to follow and subscribe to our podcast in your preferred podcast app of choice just search the big blue box if you're not doing that already or head over to the website which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of the episodes there for free and you can also check out all of the articles and reviews and editorial pieces from our writing team those guys have kept the torch burning for us while we've been away so those guys have been awesome so maria jordan harry mark matt you guys are all very very cool so thank you so much for still putting out your your reviews and articles and really good big finish reviews actually over the last few weeks from those guys and um also um make sure you follow us on the socials we're on twitter and instagram and facebook there are links on the website come and get involved over there and we also have a free discord server uh, which has grown weirdly in popularity and a number of people joining since we've been away which is weird so um, there's a link on the website to that as well some very very cool really nice doctor who fans we've built up a really really cool lovely community of who fans over there there's none of this toxic bs going on everyone's open and friendly and and it's just a real cool safe space to come and enjoy and chat doctor who so come and and do that um and lastly what was i going to say lastly um lastly what was i going to say don't forget to remember don't forget to remember to check out adam's channel over on youtube it is of course (laughs) the geek's handbag it's been too long yeah i know mate actually i've and yeah go, go check out my channel um obviously i haven't uploaded for a couple of months but i came back to a mountain of uh parcels and doctor who goodies and so i'll be doing some new vids very soon in fact i'm working on one right well not right now because i'm doing the podcast but i am working on new vids so yeah go and check out the stuff that i've uploaded up till now <laughs> yes the geek's handbag and he's on the socials too under the same name go and stalk him and go and chat doctor who and all the other things Indeed. Rightio, dude. Let's get into this. Let's do it. What are we recording yes. this week? Yeah, so, yeah, Jodie's final episode. It's the end of an era, but it has been prepared for, and it's called The Power of the Doctor. Hello, Doctor. Welcome to the end of your existence. A dozen of the world's leading seismologists have gone missing. Fifteen of the world's most valuable paintings have disappeared. 
can I let you in on a little secret? A direct incursion on Earth is imminent. Has it never occurred to you that it could be a trap? This isn't a day you are erased forever. Bit of a conversation stopper. It's incredibly dangerous. It was a really bad idea. Anything could happen. You are correct, buddy. The end of an era, eh? But it has definitely been prepared for. Mm. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about that. So, The Power of the Doctor, then. It was broadcast, as we know, very recently on the 23rd of October this year. The runtime was a nice chunky um just shy of 90 minutes so mm. essentially a doctor who film it was written by the chibinator it was directed by jamie magnus stone and it stars a plethora of doctor who peeps past and present of course jodie whittaker mandip gill john bishop sophie aldred and Jeanette, uh, janet fielding from uh, they're like the main cast um uh, uh, members and then you've got a load of other people, which I'll come on to. Yeah, an unbelievable yep. amount of people in this. And the synopsis for this one is, Who is attacking a speeding bullet train on the edges of a distant galaxy? Why are seismologists going missing from 21st century Earth? Who is defacing some of history's most iconic paintings? Why is a Dalek trying to make contact with the Doctor? And just what hold does the mesmeric Rasputin have over Tsar Nicholas in 1916 Russia? The Doctor faces multiple threats, and a battle to the death. Very dramatic yeah. synopsis. Very yeah. dramatic. Yeah. Right then, dude, as usual, over to you. What are your thoughts and your uh, overall thoughts on Power of the Doctor? Yeah, I, it's funny because I've watched this episode twice now and I still don't have answers to some of those questions. Uh, but <laughs> I have to say, yeah, so I've watched this twice and I, I was there um, on transmission, um, ready, to, ready for this to go. 90 minutes, I was like... Here we are, 7.30, sat down by the TV, got my little glass of wine ready. No one else around me. I was, I was just in the house on my own, just how I like it, can really absorb it. And uh, I've never, I haven't been this pumped for an episode in a hell of a long time, mate. And the reason for that being that we didn't know who JD was going to regenerate into. The, the excitement in me that night of just thinking, not that I wanted the, the episode to rush through, but I was just so excited for those last five minutes to, to see what happened. So I was so excited for this. And obviously the return of Tegan and Ace. But despite my excitement, I was... I wasn't expecting it to be a great episode. I'm going to be honest. I, you know, my anticipation levels were pretty low, um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I, it was a bit messy. I'm not going to lie. The episode itself was a bit messy. The story itself wasn't that strongest, wasn't the strongest. It was absolutely full to the brim, not just of characters, but of fan service. But, that I enjoyed the fan service and that's the main thing. It was, um, I just thought it was a, it was a very enjoyable episode. It might not have been the, you know, the best written. It might not have had the best story, but at the end of the day, although it is 90 minutes of moments rather than story, those moments were quite special. I thought, and, um, we were expecting surprises, but there were things in there I wasn't expecting. And I, I was just sat there 
with a big smile on my face so much throughout this episode. And the thing that I like most about it is that it actually moved me. <laughs> and I'm because I'm not the biggest fan of the, the Jim Lira, and I'm certainly not the biggest fan of Jodie's Doctor. That's no secret to anyone who's listened to this podcast. But I did feel something when she left, and that's all I wanted, because I, I love being moved by television, and I'm a big softy. It doesn't take a lot to get me emotional. It really doesn't. And I have to say, there have been loads of moments in the Chibnall era where I know he's trying to pull at my heartstrings, and I can feel the writing is so desperate to make me actually feel something that it, it just hasn't. This episode actually made me feel something. There were fun moments. I laughed at some of the stuff Teagan was coming out with. I thought she was hilarious at times. Uh, just so grumpy, man. She's so grumpy. Um, <laughs> just Yeah, there was great moments in it. Um, there were loads of plot threads. There was loads of plot holes, you know, and the, it wasn't perfect by any means. I mean, what the hell was Vinda doing there? What was the point of Vinda? Um, but I can I can overlook it, and I, this is one episode from the Chibnall era that I can just sit down, watch, and enjoy. You know, I, even though it's not perfect, I, I found it very enjoyable. And I thought the regeneration, which obviously we'll get onto, was was beautiful. It was a really, really good send-off for Jodie, I thought. Um, yeah, I've got loads to say about it, but just to sort of sum up my initial thoughts, mate, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, despite any little you know, um, negatives towards the story or whatever. I Overall, as a 90 minutes of television it packed in a lot but it didn't feel like the stuffed turkey i thought it was going to i was expecting it to be an absolute cluster bucket quite frankly mm. but mm. it it managed to give everyone a moment and um it seemed to yeah it seemed to find some space and oh uh, yeah i really enjoyed it anyway over to you what did, what did you think yeah um chris chibnall what an idiot oh what a complete and utter buffoon. What? It's like... Like the best script and the best stories written for Doctor Who happens to be the last bloody one <laughs> before they're all out the door. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Chris. It's like all the times, all the times where we've reviewed all the other stories throughout him and Jodie's era. It's like... um can you stop just bloody doing this or can you hold back on doing that? It's so all the things that we've been, you know, criticizing. He then fixes to a degree um, mm. in the final story. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I didn't, I didn't finish watching it and think, wow, that was amazing. Doctor who I, th I finished it thinking that was a really good solid episode mm. um, of Doctor who. And um, it, it didn't floor me, put it that way. I didn't, you know, there have been times when I've watched Doctor Who many times over the last God knows how many years where I've finished watching something and I've just been sat there in silence for about two or three minutes before I get up and do anything. It's, it's just floored me. I didn't have that with this. I just felt like it was just a real solidly written great episode that just happened to be a regeneration episode. Um, but I've, all the things that we've said, like the stupid, like childish, weird funny stuff that jody used to do we didn't see much of that in this episode all of the um big exposition speeches that we got a little bit of in this but again not as much as we've had in the previous episodes and the cutting down on the screen time with the useless companions what a great way to do it 
Like mm. although um, although Dan um, left the TARDIS fairly on in the story, what a great move that was because otherwise you just have him standing around with his hands in his pockets for the rest of the episode. So it really enabled you to dial in on what's happening with the Doctor and Yaz. And then the other companions, um, Ace and, and Tegan, um, really lovely addition, but didn't crowd the TARDIS team, if you like, because they weren't together that much in the story. Um, so yeah, I, I, some of the decisions that he made, some fans are not happy about, <clears throat> excuse me, like they wanted to see Dan throughout the whole episode and, and that kind of thing. But to me, I, I thought that was a great move because, you know, you could see that Dan was just having, he just had enough. He'd loved his time there, but sensibly he's like, well, I nearly got killed and I've got more to do sort of thing. You know, I've got this date with Di that he's banging on about and, yeah. and all that. So <laughs> dude, yeah, I thought it was just a really good, a really good solid story. And, and Chibber's made some good decisions that he should have made you know, over the last few years, like to me, in my opinion, like throughout series 12 or whatever, or 13, there should have been a time when Graham left the TARDIS or Ryan left earlier or, mm. you know, Yaz or whatever it might've been to free up that, that time where you just have them standing around looking like extras a lot of the time. So, um, and I thought Jodie's performance was really strong. I thought she had a really good, really, really good, strong, there was a couple of scenes towards the end where you could see that the scenes that she had with her and Yaz were, they weren't really acting as the doctor and Yaz. It was Jodie and Mandip bawling their eyes out together. You could see that was completely genuine and stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I thought um, in some respects, a lot of it was what we should have had in the 50th, you know, all the mm, scenes that yes, with yes. the classic doctors that popped up as the hologram and as yeah. that, um, that kind of cool idea of their, of the doctor going into this kind of ethereal space that crossing over point where it's like, she's regenerated, but you'd, it's like the behind the scenes that you didn't see. So mm -hmm. normally as a, as a, as the viewer, when you're watching a regeneration, like the, uh, the previous doctor is gone and that's it. But it showed in this really lovely way that there's this moment where it's like the, the precipice of like, if you cross over that point, you are going to be forever gone as this version of the doctor. But, her previous selves were like no 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 no. you've got more to do like don't don't just go off into the night sort of thing there's a way to reverse this there's a way to get back and and finish the job sort of thing so i thought that was lovely and all the classic doctors should have had all that you know in the 50th you know we we've complained about that a lot mm. that you know they should have had some kind of more input into it rather than just the geeky funny special that was included on it so yeah overall dude some lovely bits some great decisions some solid writing but still just felt like a little bit of a like a sort of chibbery messy kind of you know story yeah it, it was it was a bit messy i mean i i bizarrely i enjoyed it more on a second watch i the f a first watch i i didn't really get the story at all it seemed to me like a it, it seemed very messy like one minute they're on a bullet train then we're into unit then we're on these there's these two planets and what's going on here and the master suddenly sat on a rock I, I it was incoherent um on a first watch for me anyway and i it could have been maybe that glass of wine went to my head because i there was a lot that <laughs> i missed and didn't get at all on a first watch and i'm sure 
any sort of any casual viewer or ever tuning in would have been completely lost by this. But um, watching it again last night, um, I really followed it. I mean, there are, as I said, there are a lot of plot holes in it. You know, you you could pick this to pieces, to be honest, in terms of story and plot. Um, but yeah, it made much more sense to me watching it again last night. And what one of the things I was watch, worried about when watching it again, I thought, will knowing that the doctors are going to pop up in a minute ruin you know the enjoyment will the episode go down in my opinion because those moments you know aren't a surprise is were those moments what made me think the episode was better than it is and i have to say it it still worked for me um really well on a second watch and i'm glad i'm glad about that um and also i was thinking because my expectations were so low going into this on sunday night i did wonder if that was another reason that i you know enjoyed it more because i'm thinking you know, I wasn't expecting this to be great um, because of Chibnall's track record. Um, it was, it was, in some ways, it was very Chibnall-esque. It still had a lot of his sort of the Chibnall tropes in it. There's no doubt about it. I, I thought there was quite a lot of exposition, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I kind of, you just kind of expect that now from Chibnall. I mean, there was a bit where the Doctor was explaining what the girl was who was chained up in the sky, and she was really giving it the whole. <laughs> You that know, letting bit. the viewer yeah. know, and she yeah. was like when she was bending into ship, she was telling us everything she was doing, and there were there were a few moments where I thought, oh, that old ex- exposition's still there, but it, it probably wasn't as bad as it has been. Um, but getting rid of Dan so early on, I mean, I I, I was kind of expecting that. I really thought he was going to die on the bullet train. Um, mm. I really thought that Dan was a goner, um, and I think they purposely set us up to think that. And I'm glad he I'm glad he didn't die, to be honest with you, um, because I thought his I thought his exit was quite good in a way because he just sort of said, you know, you, you, guys, he kind of realised he was the third wheel, didn't he? Whereas Ryan and Graham just kind of got bored and left. I felt there was a, an actual genuine reason for Dan wanting to leave. He sort of was looking at the Doctor and Yaz and they're obviously getting on really well and he's having a good time, but he's not really part of it, is he? They're doing their own thing and he's just like the, the third wheel that's, traveling around for him and he nearly got killed and they didn't even really notice and so i felt felt that was a good way for him to go i didn't like the doctor sort of the no goodbye thing um particularly uh, well i think more the way it was sort of written i kind of get the idea but it was just the way that jd just sort of slammed the door in his face and yes mm. he's yapping on oh i'm gonna <laughs> ghost you and all that i don't know um but i did think it was a good move to you know, move down on quickly so that the Doctor and Yaz could work together. Because now, as I said before, I'm not the biggest 13th Doctor fan. I'm not the biggest Yaz fan at all. But what I did get to see was once you just just have the two of them working together, those two actually work quite well as Doctor and Companion, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, even Yaz seemed to sort of step up to the plate when she's like got the got the gun on the master and you know her and the 13th doctor worked really well together and maybe we should have got more of just the two of them because there is a great connection there and one of the things that's always frustrated me is that when you see jody and mandip in interviews and john bishop as well there is a great chemistry there those guys clearly get on and i it always frustrated me that that chemistry somehow didn't translate to the screen a lot of the time you know like the doctor and yaz relationship feels quite forced a lot of the time during this era and yet in this episode they're really sparking off each other and and working well and 
You know, so it was a good move to get rid of John Bishop. I think, sad as you know, as much as I like Dan and would have loved to have seen him in there, it just freed up the Doctor and Yaz to to pounce on into the episode and, and and carry it on. I do wonder though, do you think it was because John Bishop was busy? I know he's been on a big tour. He's obviously a stand-up comedian. Was it because he was busy that he didn't really have time to film much, or did he get the script and was flicking through, thinking, "Oh, I probably come back into this, don't I?" Hang on a minute. <laughs> he gets the last yeah. page. Oh, I'm in, I'm in the last scene, and you know, I don't know. Do you think he was written out because Chibnall was just already throwing everything and the kitchen sink in there, or do you think he was busy? Um, or I honestly both, don't know. Maybe. There could have been a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. I think even Chibbers maybe realised that um, because you're bringing back com- classic companions and classic doctors, and got the master going on, and you know the big, the big ones, the Daleks and Simon and stuff. I think it's. Um, he, even he realised that there's only so much that you can do, mm. and also I think, I think it was more so just to focus on the Doctor and Yaz because, let's face it, really it's been those two, especially in the last series, that have been running the show in terms mm. of Doctor and Companion. So although Dan has been very cool, it always felt like he wasn't quite as connected to the Doctor as Yaz, and I think. That's mainly because they played on the romantic side of things and the feelings mm. things with the Doctor and Yaz. So um, Dan always was very much part of the team, of course, but he just didn't really feel like he was as close um, to the Doctor. And what did you think then to the the wrap up with those two? Because I honestly thought that they were going to have a little kiss, maybe, and have a little and have a little moment and stuff. But it seems like Chibbers had gone back and and played on the whole let's leave viewers wanting a little bit more with them too, but just taking it away at the last minute. Cause there was a scene, not when they're sitting on top of the TARDIS at the end, which is very cool, but in the, in the TARDIS when they notice that she's regenerating and you know, they have that little moment. Um, it's a bit like when the doctor and Rose are on the beach at the end, you know, and fans mm-hmm. were like, Oh my God, he's going to tell her that he loves her. And it's, you know, and then they take that away from you and you just left there thinking, Brick, you know so yeah. I, I think chibbers had maybe gone into that a little bit and thought i'm not going to give the fans exactly what they want on the nose i'm going to give them a little bit of that and hint that it might happen but then take it away so that that's my thought on that but did you think maybe they should have had more of a romantic thing because it was definitely building up to that mm. you know over the last series or two no i i do you know i really um, really enjoyed the last 10, 15 minutes um, and the way that the Doctor and Yaz were written. And that, that's what I mean about being, uh, being actually feeling something for the characters and their relationship. Because I did in those last 15, 10, mm. 15 minutes. I really liked what was going on between the Doctor and Yaz. It was much more understated than it has been before. And that works so much better. Um, I really like the scene of the Doctor and Yaz on the TARDIS. Um, that, it, again, it just it's so lovely to see the performance being brought down a little bit and just feels so much more natural. Um, and I, I, I have to say, I know there's a, a section of fandom that was absolutely dying for the two of them to kiss. It, but that, to me, just felt so obvious. And I really like the fact that Chibnall went the other way and, yeah. and just made it a more yeah. understated leaving. And I, I thought it was great. I... I I just expected Yaz to be all, you know, when the doctor said, I need to do this on my own, you know, a couple of episodes back, Yaz would have been oh, a bit, a bit, a bit yapping at the doctor's heel. 
she didn't. She just accepted it. And I don't even think there was any word said. It was a kind of knowing nod. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, I wish we'd got more of this. This this feels much more genuine and natural. And I, I really liked it, mate. Honestly, I, if I'd have put, I would have put my whole, I haven't got any life savings, but if I had life savings, I'd have put them all on the Doctor and Yas kissing on that TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And I would yeah. have lost because <laughs> I was absolutely gobsmacked that they didn't. But to me the scenes and their relationship was all the better for it because it just showed they had a like this mutual respect between the two characters you know that the Yaz had sort of come to terms with who the doctor was and that she needed to do this on her own and and that she was going and it it, yeah I thought it was brilliant um yeah those last 10 minutes mate loved it when Jazz walked out the TARDIS and saw uh Graham and uh Dan so they sort of reunited that was great and the doctor just goes off to the cliff edge absolutely brilliant regeneration i thought yeah and it was really nice to see the um the orangey glow big mm, epic regeneration back effect, as well because yeah. again there is a portion of fandom um you know not that we care what fandom thinks but you know there is a portion of fandom that's always oh it's too over the top and it's too crazy i i really like those big um regenerations you know when um <laughs> uh, it happened with david tennant obviously that was the the first time we saw the big epic style regeneration and the fact that they brought that back and showed jody doing that it was really cool it it just it just really sums up the you know, excuse the pun the power <laughs> that <laughs> that resides within the doctor when there is a regeneration happening and um mm. and, and talking of regeneration actually before i move on to that did you um did you like her closing few words because sometimes they can be quite poignant for a a doctor Mm. on their way out so it can either be really sad and really heartfelt or it can be funny so in the last couple they've been quite heartfelt you know with matt smith and seeing amy and stuff that was Mm. quite emotional and obviously tenants one is very um you know the very famous i think his one's probably the most famous you know i don't want to go sort of thing i don't want to go her one was a bit more it started off quite sad but then it kind of got into a bit more. She was kind of up for it. She was like a bit mm. like Yaz. She was like, okay, this is going to happen whether I like it or not. And that whole right, Doctor, whoever you are next, tag your it sort of thing. That was such a cool, uh, such a cool way for her to to end as well. Because um, we've already seen all the sad regenerations. We've seen all the tears and the crying. This was just like, I'm out here on my own accepting it. And it was just, it was just very cool, dude. Yeah, it was. I, I must admit, I didn't understand the first thing she said. I think she says the blossomiest of blossoms or something, which something I didn't like get. Yeah. I couldn't hear that the first time I watched it. I was like, what's she say? But the whole um, whoever's next, I tag you. And like you said, just the fact that the doctor, there's none of this moping around. Oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm not criticizing tenants regeneration, but the whole, you know, it it was that thing of her just getting there right let's let's do this i just loved it it felt fresh and new mm-hmm. and jd really goes for it as well she really gives a full out you know <laughs> arms out flay she was it just felt like yeah let's do this and it felt refreshing for regeneration as well um yeah, i mean i and again i just love the fact that it gave me the feels mate because I thought before this episode started, um, not being Jodie's biggest fan as the Doctor. I love Jodie Whittaker, by the way, just not, just haven't got on board with her Doctor. But I didn't think I would feel anything uh, watching her regenerate, apart from relief. I thought, I'm just going to be glad to see that she's gone, which sounds harsh, but you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking I was going to feel. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't. I actually felt 
like I was finally beginning to like Jodie's Doctor. I'm like, oh my God, her last episode, and I'm finally getting on board with her Doctor. And I, I really hope in some way that I can go back and and reassess, you know, find some sort of connection with her Doctor rewatching her era because I just haven't connected to her at all really over these five years. But I really felt something for her in this last episode when the Master moved the you know, the energy force and, and knocked her to the ground. I was, I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, let Whereas there might have been a time, I hate to say it, I'd be like, yes, take that, <laughs> get rid of it. You know, it's just, yeah, it was just so nice to actually finally feel something towards her doctor. And, and um, yeah, and I thought it was just a really good way for her to go. Mm-hmm. No, none, you know, no sadness, no yaz yapping at heels. It was just, right, this is happening. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. so such a good way to do it. Yeah, and that's what I thought initially. Um, like I said, Chibbers has left some of the best stuff and the best writing, and, yeah. and now with Jodie as well, some of her most genuine um, performance, I, I would say, they've left it all until the last minute. <laughs> so if she, you know, if they'd have cut down the TARDIS team a little bit and have had and have reined Jodie in a little bit and not have her be so much of a a kids entertainer and have some of these more mature slower more genuine connections and stuff like that potentially we could, it could have been an amazing era for her so it's really on one hand it's, it was great to experience that as the last story and everything but on the other hand mm. it's frustrating because it's like why didn't you do all this stuff you know it's not like fandom wasn't telling you this stuff for the last four or five years or whatever it was you know it's um mm. The, uh, uh, and it's not just a few fans who have got you know a bee in their bonnet a, a very large portion of the fan base was saying stop doing this stupid stuff we want to see more of this stuff mm. you know so it's not like they didn't know you know so it is frustrating on one hand and like you said mate you nailed it it's like just when you were connecting with her on that level where it's like she is the doctor in those last mm. 20 minutes of this episode she is unmistakably the doctor yeah you know yep. and you just don't well a lot of fandom did and that's fair enough but for you and i and some other people it just didn't really feel there wasn't that connection with her maybe in the first episode the woman who fell to earth i think it's called maybe mm. in that first bit there you did but then the shine wears off a little bit and you know i don't want to go into his criticism but yeah so it's very, very bloody frustrating and but fear not she'll be back She'll be back oh, yeah. for the 65th anniversary or the 70th anniversary, whatever it's going to be. I think she'll be the 60th, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't be at all well, surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. She'll be back at some point. She'll be back as the Doctor, like they all are. They all do, other than Eccleston. So. Yeah. Um, and it feels like she's got a better relationship with the BBC and people who made Doctor Who than Eccleston, so I'm sure she'll be back. Definitely. Um, I mean, I always, that's what I always say to my friend as well, you know, that uh, my friend who absolutely adores Jodie and gets very cross with me for not liking her doctor. And I, and I say to him, it's not, it's not necessarily that I don't like her doctor and I, and I've met Jodie and she's lovely. And I've, you know, I've always had great respect for Jodie as a person. It's just that the way she's the characterization of her doctor frustrates the hell out of me because you can see throughout the, the whole era, you can see these little moments of what I think, I mean, this is a personal thing, you know. Some people will have loved, you know, what her doctor has been. But for me personally, there's been way too much of the silly jabbering, talking jargon, you know. Uh, the, the silliness for me is I just wish they'd tone that down a bit. And that, for my personal taste in the doctor, there's been moments where I think she's, 
she's had great potential and they really should have honed in on the strengths of Jodie as, as an actor. Yeah, um, And I think, yep. yeah, yeah, we finally got to see a lot of that in this, this episode. And yeah, so that's where my frustration is, not with really with Jodie. It's just, you know, just the, the sort of... Um, the sort of hints hints of what we could have had, I think, in terms of the first female doctor. I think they they really should have tweaked a few things and she could have been great. Some people, those that love her, will say she was great. And that's that's brilliant. Every doctor appeals to somebody differently. But um yeah, yeah in yeah. this episode I was totally on board and really liked her performance. Yeah, same, same. Um before we get on to and rattle through some of the other themes and characters, um, what did you think of David Tennant? being back at the end then do you think this is a because we knew it we kind of knew this was going to be the case that she was going to regen into into david Tennant's doctor so um that's got a whole bunch of other we can't go there's not enough time to go through all the potential possibilities of why he's back as the doctor but he seems just as surprised (laughs) to be back as everyone else so um uh, he's got a new suit he's rocking a bit of a new look love the new look new looks very cool so one thing that I will say is that the story was a bit of a disappointment in terms of wrapping up Flux. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. But maybe this is a, a doorway into wrapping that up. Because if you think about all of the story that built up throughout that series and culminating at the end of like, okay, we've now established the fact that in the in in Doctor Who, the whole thing encompasses multiple universes. We've seen that because that that was the build up in terms of the story and the narrative but we also visually saw it at one point when the doctor's mm-hmm. on that that space station and you literally saw the two universes either side of it but we didn't see any of that in this episode chivers didn't wrap the whole what universe are we in is that a real being what's what's going on so do you think that potentially this version of david tennant's doctor is a doctor from one of those other universes because that seems to make the most sense. Because if they wanted to bring back the Doctor, as in the David Tennant's Doctor that we know very well, he would have had the same suit on, the same coat. You know, would you know? So I don't know. What you, what are your thoughts on that? It was great to see him. Don't get me wrong, but mm. it just opens up a whole bloody, you know, endless stream of conversation about why he's back. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting thought actually, because that was one of the things I was surprised about the episode is that it didn't really. I thought this was going to be the the real conclusion to Flux because the Sea Devils episode was kind of shoehorned in at the last minute. You know, the BBC apparently uh, commissioned another episode out of the blue or whatever. I don't know. But so I thought this is kind of going to be the the real finale to Flux. Um, And yeah, nothing was nothing was really tied up from that that series at all. There was no timeless child conclusion you know that's just been left hanging so that's you know if another writer wants to pick that up you know russell if he wants to go there it's there if he wants it um so i was a bit surprised about that the actual regeneration itself um i i didn't i I probably should have expected to see david because we knew he was back and you know he it seemed like it was going to be him but i thought no it won't be i, I don't i don't know what i expected whether i think i thought we were going to see a glimpse of shooty and then he would snap into david or something like that so but when i saw the shirt and tie appearing first i was like it's david i'm pretty sure it's david it's that new costume and then he pops up and does the whole what 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 thing i was i was sh- still shocked even though <laughs> probably shouldn't have been because we know he's back mm-hmm. but I was still shocked to see Jodie's Doctor 
regenerating to David. And yeah, I, I did did sort of get the feels straight away just seeing him on that that cliff edge. I'm absolutely convinced that um, at one point the, the the episode was just ending with the long panning shot away from the Doctor regenerating. I, you know, I think you could almost because we know if we didn't know, but I think because we know that this. You know, this uh, episode was all wrapped up filming before David was, we knew David was coming back. I feel like you could sort of tell where they cut back and added on the new scene of David appearing on the rock, but um, it totally worked. I mean, I, I thought, as a, as I said, a great regeneration. Um, just very, this is a very sort of off-topic thing, but did you see that the, the people who owned the land of that rock or whatever, I mean, I didn't know anybody could own a rock, but whoever owns that rock, like it's not the National Trust, but whoever it is, have got very cross with the BBC for for using it. They said that they, you know, the BBC sought permission, um, but they didn't. They they said they were the people who own the rock, so they were lied to. They said we didn't know it was going to be for the regeneration. We never would have let them use. What's that rock called? We never would have let them use it for that if we'd have known. Why not? Um, uh, well, because they're worried that people are going to. Because apparently, people go to that rock and jump off it into the sea anyway. And they oh, have trouble stopping right. people jumping off because it's dangerous. And they say now they're worried that people are going to go to the end of the rock oh, and right. and and do the regeneration and take photos to say oh, I'm I'm still on the spot with. So I kind of get what they're saying, but um, that's a bit mad, isn't it? Because obviously yeah. it wasn't really filmed there because it's all green screen. But yeah, they had to seek permission to to film it there. Okay, apparently. So that's, that's cool, it was on BBC News. I was. It's a genuine thing. It was on oh. BBC News. It's like <laughs> they're very angry with the BBC. They said they were lied to. About yeah. the the um, intention for using it or something, which oh, is I see. interesting. Well, bit... so it'll probably be cut on the Blu-ray. They'll be like, "We well, can't use that scene." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit late now. Too late now. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the blossomiest blossom, by the way, is a callback to the Third Doctor, where he says, "The is daisiest it? daisy." Oh right. Okay. I'm, do you know? I'm glad you told me that because I thought it was such a random line. Mm -hmm. I was like. What? The time monster. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. That's that's nice then. Hmm. I mean, let's face it. There were a lot of callbacks to this, weren't there, mate? A lot of callbacks to everything. The the most random and I think one of the most sort of punch in the air moments for me was when the master got the second Doctor's flute out. Oh started yeah. Playing yeah. started playing that tune. I yeah. was like, I mean, there was a lot of fan service. There was a hell of a lot of fan service in this. And sometimes we are critical when people just throw in so much fan service but it seems to me the majority of people are happy with it <laughs> so what did you think did you were you sat there thinking god okay we've had the masters in all the previous doctors clothes we've got all the old doctors back i mean we haven't even talked about the most beautiful scene at the end yet with mm. the old companions um sitting around in you know in this sort of uh talking about the doctor club um <laughs> Ian is finally back. I mean, oh. that for me, that that broke me, mate. That was the best I have wanted to see Ian Cheston back in Doctor Who for forever. I was, I was convinced he was going to be in the fiftieth. To, so to see him sat there in the chair, I, oh man, that was a, such a beautiful scene. But that's what I mean. There is so much we need to talk about. There was so much in this episode. We're mm -hmm. we're never going to be able to include it all. But what what did you think? Um, to the fan service side of it, Egan and Tace, the, even Tegan and Ace, I mean, the master in the Doctor's old clothes, the question mark jumper, the scarf, the celery, all the old companions back. It, it, it's, there was a lot. Yeah. Uh, the old Doctors, you know, what did you think? Was it too much or was it? No, I loved it. Did it somehow it. work? No, I loved it. You loved it. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're going to go fan service, then 
than go fan service. And you know he what I did. Mean? He went for it. Yeah. yeah. And I think if it was just a regular episode, then it might have been a two OTT and mm. maybe it should have been done a tad more subtly. But I think for something like this, it's a celebration. We have to remember this is part of the BBC 100 celebration centenary stuff. So why not just throw in all the classic stuff, you know? And like we said, I think a lot of this stuff should have been in the 50th. We can't yeah. go down that rabbit hole, but it should have been, a lot of this stuff should have been in the 50th. And the, the kind of doctor support group at the end was lovely, seeing oh, Joe and, yeah. you know, Melanie back. And, you know, it was really lovely. It was just really nice because it must be hard as a companion to have gone off and done all that stuff with the doctor and then... And then all of a sudden you have to, it's a bit like, uh, it's not exactly the same, you know, but it's a bit like service people, people that served in the army who have done that. And then they've come back to civilian life and they kind of, you know, this is hard now. This is alien to me almost. So to have them all feel like that and all be around to have a chat about it and support, they're all laughing and joking. It was absolutely needed. I'm so surprised that they haven't done that already in Mm. any of the celebration stories or, you know, anniversary stories. I'm so surprised they've not got them all together and and done that stuff before. But it was lovely, dude. And seeing Ian, like, frick. Oh. What a dude. What a legend. 95 years old and still... I think he's 97. Know. Oh, 97 is he now? I think right. he's 97. But either way, oh, just so good to see him back. Yeah. I, I agree with you about the centenary thing because I was sat there when I got to the end of it thinking, Bliminek. That was a lot of fan service. But you're right. You've got to, if you put it into context that this was a celebration of Doctor Who and the BBC, you know, like you said, it is a kind of another 50th. It, it only feels weird to me because I know we're getting the 60th celebrations next year. And I'm thinking, gosh, if this was, if this was a celebration of the centenary, what are we going to get for the 60th? Is it going to be more scaled back? Is it going to be just tenant? But yeah, I think I can, because it was for, for the celebration of the centenary, I think I... I can just let it go. It, yeah, fan service galore. Okay. Yeah, throw it in. Yeah. 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 It was also a bit of um, a reverse mirror image as well, because in the 50th, I'm going to say this, but it, it, I, don't, I don't mean it with any sort of negativity, that all of the classic doctors were snubbed apart yeah, from well, Tom Baker. Were. Apart from yeah. Tom Baker, who had his little part at the end. This time, it's the other way around. Not because of any ill feeling, I don't think, from anybody. But just because Tom Baker's so... Did you see a picture that was doing the rounds of him a few weeks ago? Um, the most latest picture that's, that, that's of him, he's holding up something, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I know exactly, it's the demon record. The de- that's yeah. it, yeah. Know, he, yeah, looks, yeah. Um, he looks his age now. He really mm-hmm. does look really old and frail and, and so thin these days. So I, I, for that reason, you know, he couldn't have, have been in it, of course, understandably. But all the other doctors in there, the classic ones, it does feel like it's a bit of a, you know, we weren't included properly, quote unquote, in the 50th. So go for it. What did you think to, uh, very, very quickly, um, the the scene where Jodie sees them all and they're morphing into one another. Mm. That was lovely because they're trying to explain to her, you know, you've got more to do. But it was a real lovely surprise to see Paul McGann and why the frick... We've not seen a proper full-on episode with McGann back. Again, is beyond me, dude. Maybe the Disney Plus dudes will see the value in that. But, dude, it was so good to see them all. 
Um, it was, and they didn't try good. and make him look young. They didn't. No. Actually, this is—I was about to say—they didn't Disneyfy them, but that's a bit worrying, isn't it? Though, <laughs> but they didn't try and they didn't use, you know. Oh, there's no de-aging make, technology and no stuff. No de-aging, yeah, yeah. and it works so much better because we just accept that they are the Doctor, and they have grown old, and this is a manifestation of the Doctor's different, you know, personas. So it totally worked, mate. McGann, you know, he's still <laughs> looking good when he's like—he's yeah. the only one really that still looks, you know. That pretty much like he he did, apart from obviously without the wig now. But um, yeah, I I don't know about you though. I was waiting for Tom. I kept thinking, okay, they, they're showing us these doctors any minute now. We're going to hear that voice, that you know, mm-hmm. that iconic voice is going to come in in a minute. Um, but no, it wasn't to be. I think poor Tom, he, he probably is um, a bit too frail now. He was asked. Chibnall cleared yeah, that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he said, you know, I Tom was asked to be in it. He he wasn't available to to do it, which is a shame but the like you said in a way tom got a great moment in the 50th it was just nice to see you know the other doctors that we didn't get to see in the 50th in in this one and i yeah i just love the fact they didn't de-age them at all is they are as they are they got them really cool robes to wear why was mcgann the only one in his outfit that's that's the weird thing i love the line as well mccoy's like there's always one you know <laughs> yeah why was mcgann the only one in his costume but i don't yeah, know i think amazing. that's uh it's, it's strange isn't it maybe because he was the one that was the um the, the last doctor to kick off the the newer generation of doctor who maybe mm. um and it kind of visually signifies that these old doctors in the robes are the proper classic doctors whereas paul oh. mcgann's in that kind of in-betweeny um sort of moment i'm not sure but we did get to see them in their garbs i mean there was a really lovely couple of scenes where um tegan's holographic version was her doctor mm. you know peter davison he was in his proper outfit and stuff and they almost yeah they almost broke the fourth wall a little bit with that didn't they because she's like oh you've looked <laughs> <laughs> you look different and he's like oh speak for yourself sort of thing so that was lovely <laughs> those two scenes dude where ace got to chat to oh I choked that's up the one big that, time. That's the one that got me. The, the seven the and AC. Yeah. Oh God, that really was amazing. That oh mate, that got me. Even on the second watch, I was just in, in bits. You mm. know, when he's like, um, what does he say? He's like, you, we're ace or something. Yeah. It's just his voice as well, isn't it? The way he says it, we're ace. He has not lost but, it, mate. That voice. No. He's still got that. Yeah, and he was um, because I think it was just that moment of, you could see both in Tegan and in Ace in their performances. Uh, Sophie and um, and Janet, you could tell that this is probably it. This is probably the last time, the last opportunity they'll ever get. Excuse me to um to be on screen with their doctor. So yeah. that was a moment for them to be like, "I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry about that." And it was really cool when Ace was like, "So, Doctor, are we good?" And he's like, "No, We're more than good." Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. <sighs> it was it was a really good way to do it as well, wasn't it? To have the mm. It was a really good idea to have this sort of um, interface changing so that they could meet, you know, each one could meet their doctor or they, they see their own doctor. I thought it was a really nice idea, that. But, yeah, we're more than good. As you do, oh. God, you do them. Fantastic, so good. mate. I yeah. loved it. Loved yeah. it so much. Yeah. Um, actually, I just want to talk about Tegan and Ace briefly, mate. So, obviously, that was the big thing in the trailer we got for this um, all those months ago that we knew that they were coming back, and that was really exciting. Um, how did you feel they settled back into their roles? Do you think they felt like the same characters and do you think they were given the, enough to do in this or were they just thrown in as sort of, um, you know, 
a bit of fan service or do you, or do you think they you know were given good stuff to do i think it's a bit of both for those two mm-hmm. yeah i think it felt like they played a, a fairly integral role in terms of discovering I the paintings so. and yeah. bringing the little miniature cyberman into unit and oh yeah you know that stuff and but yeah i, I felt like it was fan servicey to a to a degree because they weren't really responsible for taking down the master or or anybody do you know what i mean it was more like they were sort of holding the fort down while the doctor and other people went off and saved the day sort of thing but there's nothing wrong with that at all i think it was a I think if you gave them more to do, it just undoes the good work that Chibbers did to trim down the TARDIS team in the first place. So, mm-hmm. um, and in terms of settling into their roles, I think, I think they did actually. Yeah, I think Tegan more than than Sophie, because Tegan still has that brash kind of that she's very upset with the Doctor when she first sees her. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know she's not happy at all. And um, yeah, and I think uh, Sophie. Don't get me wrong, absolutely ace. You know. Uh, through and through but I felt like it took her a little bit longer to get into the back into the ace flow a little bit whereas Tegan I think just at the snap of her fingers she was um she was very much there I think do you know what it takes I'm no expert but I've read this a lot of times where actors have said that it takes something to put them back into a role like that and sometimes you know it's props believe it or not. So I think mm-hmm. that when Ace got the jacket out and the baseball the bat, bat and stuff, to me, right. that's when she really, mm-hmm. she really had that cheeky grin on her face. And you could see, sorry, you could hear her voice change a little bit as well. So in the first part of the episode, she was very much a mature lady, just doing her thing sort of thing. Um, but then as soon as she puts the jacket on and she's got the, you know, the, the explosives and everything, her voice goes up a little bit and it's a little bit more squeakier, a little bit mm. cheekier and she's smiling a lot more. Mm. So for me, that was when she really settled into, into being ace fully, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I thought uh, Sophie was great. Uh, I mean, yeah, I thought she, I kind of see what you're saying. I think when she got the jacket and the bat and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Um, and I equally enjoyed, um, Tegan as well. I thought she was so funny. I love it when she she walks in and starts giving Kate Stewart a look. I've had I've seen off two husbands and a, and I've got a son that hasn't spoken to me. And she's really sort of putting her in her place. And she made me laugh. And I love it when she just stomps into the TARDIS at the end. <laughs> that is so Tegan. Like she's not she's not going to be wait. She's not going to wait to be invited in. She's going in. I'm That's going so in the cool. TARDIS. She says. <laughs> I just loved it. Um, the only thing with Tegan though is I don't, uh, this comes back to plot holes. Like how did she she was climbing down that ladder and she she fell miles into a pit of darkness and yeah. in the next scene she just walked around and she was fine not a scratch on her i i don't know if, again it could be a scene missing there maybe they were uh, you know um maybe it was cut for time of reasons because there was a lot going on in that 90 minutes but um there was a few moments like that i thought but a little bit yeah just, yeah. Yeah, yeah just great to be uh see them back what did you think about the scene when the doctor first met them though because for me, that was a slightly clunky scene, maybe a missed opportunity. I felt like, I don't know, actually. I mean, maybe maybe it's good good not to dwell on it in terms of the story. Maybe you just need to have that moment. And, and then, because the Doctor just kind of cuts it short, doesn't she? She's like, anyway, uh, let's let's get on with it. So, But what did you think about the Doctor seeing them again after all this time? Hmm, that's an interesting one, because 
there's obviously two directions to go with that. The first one is it's overjoyed and lots of hugs and smiles, you know, I've missed you sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think by doing that, you miss the payoff with them being able to talk to their own versions of their doctors with the, in the hologram. Yeah, that's true. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, I think... Good way of looking at it. So, so the other way that you, you could have done it, which is what they did, which is that little bit frosty, a little bit... And I think looking at Jodie's performance with that bit, you could mm. tell that she was um, trying to put across that. It was just very... I don't know what's going to happen here. Are they going to be mad at me? Are they happy to see me? This is all just way like, whoa, like <laughs> a bit of a you know, a trip down memory lane, which, you know, sometimes it does, it does affect people in different ways, you know? So mm. yeah, I, I'm glad that they did it that way. Cause if it was the big happy reunion, then it would have been like, that's great, but you're connecting with a doctor that doesn't look like your doctor, which is superficial in a way, but mm. because there's yeah. a lot of history with those companions and their doctors, I, I, I prefer them having that re that proper happy reunion and, and, and goodbye in the, at the same time. With their doctors, yeah, yeah, I get you, mate. No, that that actually makes sense. Now, now you look at it like that, yeah, yeah. Um, we need to rattle through some other things because I think this, oh, there's loads. Yeah, we're never going to do it. All, do you know what? Anyway. Maybe we'll do a special bonus episode and really dive into some of these things. But um, before I just want to before briefly talking about the Daleks and Cybermen, we have to talk about the Master. Yes. Um, so obviously the main baddie in this, the main bad guy, which was to be expected even if there wasn't the build-up from him anyway it was to be expected because it's the celebration thing you know he is the doctor's nemesis in a lot of respects through and through so um but mate the performance from sasha in a lot of those scenes was like phew, he was on fire yeah like absolutely. literally going from one thing to the next when he plays the sort of eccentric seismologist teacher sort of person and he's all um, you know, all over the place and twitchy and laughing and got that maniacal, psychotic kind of thing going on. He was absolutely going crazy. And then you had um, uh, the bit where he's really sinister and evil as Rasputin. You know, mm. he's got the opposite to that at that point. He's not jumping around all over the place and going mad. And then you've got the overall kind of, it doesn't know what to, to think's going on when he forces the regeneration into him from the doctor it's mad and then at the end the real kind of anakin skywalker moment you know that was very much a you know at the end of revenge of the sith when obi-wan's chopped his legs off and there's that moment where he realizes like yeah i hate you you know i want to kill you it was yeah. that kind of thing for the master it was really really to me that was the bit where the master had been tipped over the edge mm -hmm. up to that point you always had this little thought like, yes, he wants to kill the doctor. That's never, <laughs> you know, he wants to, you know, destroy the earth or take over the earth. He wants to kill the doctor. But there was always that tiny, tiny little nugget. Like, does he really want to do it? Because there's always that relationship in the past with those two. Yeah. But at that point, at the end, when he comes out of the, out of the TARDIS and he's got that look in his eye, it's like, yes, at this point, he wants to kill the Doctor. No mm. no bones about it. So all of those different ways that he played the Master, dude, is just mind-boggling. He must have been exhausted after that. What did yeah, you think, I, oh, I'd, Yeah, I'd imagine he was. No, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic uh, performance from... Fantastic performance um, from Sasha. He's... I mean, he does do... 
I've I, I, when Sasha first re- was revealed as a master, I remember saying he, he, you know, it was going a bit crazy, and I I would have loved to have seen him toned it down and be a little bit more suave like Delgado. And then when Sasha was on the behind the sofa extras of um, one of the Blu-ray sets, uh, he actually said almost the same thing. He's like, God, Delgado's so smooth and quiet, and uh, you could almost see Sasha processing i want to take a little bit of this away with me i'm gonna you know i'm gonna refine my performance i think a little bit he so did i mean he was still manacle and crazy and almost joker like almost like the batman joker this absolutely insane individual like when he was being locked up in unit and he was like oh you're not locking me up here are you and proper scary and but he also had moments of calmness like you said the bit when he turned to yaz and just said, um, yeah, you know, Jesus. do you want me to bring you down to size? And he <laughs> just says it so quiet and still, and the look in his eyes, he's really actually quite frightening. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great master. Um, I prefer the quieter, more sinister than the actual manic crazy, but a bit like the bit where he sat on the rock and Yaz left him behind, and he's like, yeah, no, he wasn't worried about it, it wasn't go crazy, you know. I think, yeah, I think Sasha's a great master. I really hope we haven't seen the last of him. I really hope he comes back because yeah, he's cool. I think it again. He's got so much potential as the master, and he's he is really scary, isn't he? He's got that look in his eyes that's terrifying, um, you know. So, mm-hmm. and I think him and Jody play so well off each other. You know, when, whenever I've been critical about Jody's performance, I've always said, you know, when you get her and Sasha together, they seem to work brilliantly as the Doctor and the Master. So, yeah, great performance from him. Very cool. Yeah. I hope he's back as well at some point. Yeah, he's so he good. He actually yeah. seemed to wearing the doctor's coat and the scarf and the question. <laughs> somehow that really worked on him. It yeah. Really, sh- in, in theory, that really shouldn't have worked, but it, it did. Yeah. It's kind of like, maybe because it's crazy. It's just the sort of craziest thing the master would do is wear mm-hmm. all her clothes. A bit like Joey and Friends. I'm wearing all your clothes. <laughs> that was crazy. But yeah, it's fantastic, mate. Absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. And um, the Cybermen or the cyber masters as well as the the regular cybermen and the daleks mm. i don't want to talk about them too much because in all honesty other than one of them <coughs> one of the daleks um they were just tools really used by the yeah. master so yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know he had kind of grouped them all together with this grand plan to take over the earth you know set off all the volcanoes you know do all that stuff and um and sort of brought them together, knowing that if they work together, they'll be able to, you know, capture the Doctor and, you know, take over the Earth, all that stuff. But there was one Dalek that was very cool, and that was the Renegade, or the, the traitor Dalek who appeared in the traitor TARDIS. Dalek, yeah. And the Doctor flips out at first, he's like, get out of my TARDIS, sort of thing. And he's like, you know, in a nutshell, he's like, look, the the direction that the Daleks are going in these days are just not our original plan basically mm. and uh, you know i don't want any part of it and you know I, w- I would rather see us all destroyed than a universe with the daleks how they are at the moment or how they're going to be so i thought that was really cool and almost warmed to that that dalek <laughs> i thought he was very or it i thought it was very 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 cool and a very mm. um very basic plot line it's just you know there's this dalek that wants to take them all down the only way to do that is to enlist the help of the doctor because that's a shared thing for them both mm. um and he ends up getting captured and you know destroyed and stuff but yeah a nice little a nice little twist if you like that you, you've we've never seen from any of the daleks before 
Yeah, no, it was it was good, and and um, when they exterminated, you know, the creature inside the Dalek, like you said, I did feel something for it. I was like, oh no! <laughs> and then when they put Jodie in the casing as well, I was a bit like, oh, what the hell? You know, so again, there was there was good stuff going on in this episode, wasn't there? Even though you're right, the Daleks and Simon, they they did take a bit of a back seat, but I think they absolutely needed to with an episode of every, you know, that had all this stuff going on. They you really couldn't do anything else with them. But um, yeah, in that in that sense, they were utilised quite well, I think. Mm. I still don't know if I like the design of the Cyber Masters, you know, this, the regenerated Cyber. There's something about that headset that it kind <laughs> of worked in, in when I first saw them. I thought, yeah, I kind of get it. But seeing them again in this one, mm, I'm glad they weren't in it anymore, really. I think, you know, they, they were sort of in it enough for me. I didn't need a minute. Any, yeah. any more to do with the plot. I liked it when the Roof Doctor showed up and oh, took yeah. them all out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, another thing's thrown in. Uh, the Roof Doctor appeared, um, kind of figured she would. Um, again, no explanation for her. That's another <laughs> thread that's just been left, but th- let's not worry too much about that. But that was a great scene. Once again, I thought Roof Doctor, so good. I really like the Roof Doctor. She's or Fugitive cool. Doctor, as we call her, don't we? Is that, what this, is that yes. her official title? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she again, was very cool. She just rocks in, does a two-minute scene, really strong performance um, from Joe Martin. Just, mm. she's so confident in that role, isn't she? Like, even she though is. she's only in it yeah. for two minutes, she so she just walks in, takes out the side men. Right, get on with it. Link that up. Let's get this done. Bish bash bosh. There you go. Catch you later. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the roof doctor's just yeah. yeah. Takes no nonsense. Mm. We'll have to um, we'll have to do another rep to dive into all this because. The Fugitive Doctor thing is a bit of a... I don't know if it's a plot hole or not, but I wasn't sure that was possible because the Fugitive Doctor, as we know, wouldn't have been in the current Doctor's memories at all. So how would it? How would oh, that Doctor have manifested? Yeah. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> There's like another yeah. rabbit hole, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was cool to see her, though. It was cool to see her <laughs> rock me. up and, and take care of business as usual. So that was good. Um, okay, I'm trying to think of anything else to chat about that's not going to take us on a huge um, tangent that we're not going to have time to go down. But have you got anything else in your notes? One, that's just two things I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got lots in my notes, but anything that you want to mention now, but the first one is I thought this is the best that doctor who has ever looked um, in terms of production and visual quality. Cause we were very critical of the sea devils and some of the episodes before that kind of justifiably justifiably so but also not because we were going through covid when they were doing the production and everything and it was a bit rushed and there was some problems there but there were some big schoolboy errors with the visual effects on some of the past stories and it just Mm. didn't really cut the muster that you would think this one though dude everything the bullet train the bullet train that's a film isn't it the the train at the beginning with the cybermen (laughs) on it and stuff um, the planet, you know, the the converted planet, the cyber planet, and all yeah. that stuff. Um, when Vinda's walking around, you can tell it's green screen, but it's done very, very well. It's all great. Mm. The Masters TARDIS inside oh, there yeah. looked yeah. amazing. All the stuff on Earth, it just looked absolutely beautiful. Like all, pretty much every scene was um, just looked awesome. Really did look awesome. And then secondly. Um, I'm I'm glad that Segan's going, not in a negative way, but I just can't remember any music, mate. It's all just it could be stock music, but there mm. we go. 
Yeah. Um, I'll just quickly pick up on the Segan thing then, because, yeah, like yourself, I've, yeah, it, I think because we both like Murray's music, Segan's been a little bit, not to my taste for some of it. I will say this, though. I mean, I, I thought the music at the end when the dots regenerate, that's, that's stuck in my head. I thought that was beautiful, that theme. I mean, I know we've had it before. I was going to say, it's just the same... It's the Doctor theme, isn't it? La, yeah. la, la. Yeah. yeah, I know we've heard it a thousand times before, but I just thought it was beautiful uh, at the end with the regeneration. But uh, apart from that, I can't really remember much about the music. Um, what else? I've got so many notes, mate. It's unbelievable. I've got I've got the line about the Daleks' master plan, which I thought was great, where the master was saying, you know, uh, the plan of the Daleks, the Daleks. I thought that was a really nice little inclusion. Really good fun. I like the fact the Fifth Doctor mentioned adric i was like yay adric gets a oh, shout adric. out amazing oh. i can't i bet when peter read that he let out the biggest groan but he got the <laughs> yeah. script and went oh. i went you know uh, chris are you sure that this should be in there but that was great um yaz flying the tardis uh normally i would let out a big groan about that but it kind of had to be done in terms of story and the little post-it notes thing was cute so what was what was the other things you said i'm oh, sorry I've, i'm looking at my notes trying to because i've got so many and i'm trying to sort of not forget anything but what was the other thing you said oh production wise yeah <laughs> yeah it, look, it looked it, the episode looked fantastic if i was being picky I'd say that the actual initial 10 minutes on the train scene looked a bit ropey, but not really. I mean, just way, compared to everything else, I suppose. Way better than um, the last episode. You know, they had that sequence where they were floating on something above the lava. Oh, Was that yeah. right? Was that? It, yeah, when when you compare it to that, it's leagues apart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was going to say, if, if I'm being picky, I would say that didn't look as good as the rest of the episode, but it still looked, in, it still mm. looked good in terms of Doctor Who, but the planet scenes and, you know, even the mushroom planet, which people were a little bit saying, oh, that looks a bit dodgy. <laughs> I thought even that looked great. Yeah. Um, One yeah. thing that did look amazing, dude, mm. and um, is when Yaz and the Doctor are sitting on top of the TARDIS having ice cream. Oh, I loved And that. you've got the Earth in the background. What yep. a, just a lovely, simple thing, you know? And it does sort of bring you around full circle. It's like, yeah. Yaz is like, how many times do you reckon you've saved earth you know it's a lovely little conversation about it was you know and it's been brought up a lot um over the the decades and we've even had the master and some other people in some of the epo ep episodes saying you know why do you love earth so much you know what is it about human sort of thing and it's just nice to see them looking at the earth as one thing not just i'm saving london or i'm saving this bit you know looking at the whole planet and it was just lovely it was yeah just what a, what a thing to write in an episode as well like if you're sitting there trying to come up with the story and you're writing the thing and it's like how can i have a nice slow poignant moment with these two what can i have them doing because it would have been way way easier just have the doors open and them just sitting on the floor with their legs dangling yeah. over you know but to have them sitting on top of the tardis it's just such a i don't know it's just such a great look and feel to it it, See, it, it did awesome. look good, didn't it? I mean, like you said, you, the the effects and everything. It it really, yeah, it looks beautiful on screen, and it was a, a great scene as well. So yeah, overall production values absolutely great, and uh, really added to the episode as well. Um, my only other notes really is that I've got no Ryan written. Here. <laughs> I'm not really that. too bothered about that, but no Ryan and um, Graham randomly popping up in a volcano. I mean, that was the that was freaking <laughs> random. I was like. 
I did wonder if I'd missed something on the first watch because I, you know, I was like, have I had too much to drink? What's, <laughs> what's Graham doing in a volcano? But again, watching it again last night, you kind of just go with it. He's out exploring, doing his thing. And it, it was so good to see Bradley Walsh back. And he was, <laughs> he didn't get a lot, he didn't get that many lines, but he did get, he got a nice moment with Ace, didn't he, where they blew up the thing yeah, with um, Nitro Nitro. as well. Quite cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was great to see Graham back. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I could go on forever, mate. There was so much crammed into this episode. It, it just amazes me, even just looking at my notes and how much was in it and even the stuff that we've probably forgotten to mention. It still amazes me that Chris Chibnall, of all people, has managed to put all that into 90 minutes and still make it a fairly coherent, but more importantly, enjoyable episode. Um, yes. yeah. I thought this was going to be a disaster. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought I saw what we'd got coming and i and that was without all the surprises and i thought this episode i just i just prepared myself for the worst i thought this is going to be an absolute <laughs> mess mm-hmm. it may have been messy but it was enjoyable a hell of a lot enjoyable. and so many nice moments i can forgive any plot holes or or even bits that perhaps didn't work i, I could forgive it because there were so many nice moments in this mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was yeah. a good episode i thought yeah same yeah and goes back to what we mentioned at the beginning it's frustrating that we didn't see all of this stuff mm. throughout you know you can't erase you know you can't Actually, go back does, and change it but that does bring me on to just one little point i want to ask you before we wrap up and that and that was one thing did strike me about the start of chibnall's era compared to how he's ended it and and that is i my initial thoughts after watching this was uh, had chibnall sold out a little bit and again i don't care if he has because i enjoyed it so much that i don't care if he if you do think he sold out but i'm thinking about the chibnall that came in wanting a fresh new start he didn't want any callbacks to the old series at all no returning villain series 11 is going to be brand new and fresh we he's gone from that chibnall to the absolute opposite when i say sold out that's what i'm getting i'm not saying he is a sellout i'm just saying it when you compare how he came in and how he ended they are like two different writers two different people and i think um it Maybe it would have been cool if he could have found a little bit more middle ground somewhere uh, along the way. I feel like we've gone from one thing straight into the other. But, yeah, as I said, I forgive all that because it was such a good episode anyway. Well, not forgive that, but I understand it because it's, uh, you know, I think he just wanted to go out with this on a high. On and a he high, did, yeah. I think. yeah. And I think maybe he was kind of expected to throw in a lot of fan service anyway because it's a yeah. celebratory episode. And um, had it not been, I don't think we would have had half of it. To no, no, you, true. So that's it's that's good. true. Already. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I think it's um, I think we can both agree it, it's a it's a really good, strong, really good story to go out on for him and Jody, right? I I think so. Yeah. I think it's a great send off for Jody, and I'm actually I'd, I'm sure you feel the same. It feels good to be coming back and having a positive uh vibe to our first episode back i was really worried that we were going to come back with an episode and we'd both be sat here saying man i'm so glad this year is over oh chibnall (laughs) what have you done i was really thought this it could have gone that way and i'm so glad that it was a good episode we both enjoyed it and that we're able to be positive about doctor who Mm -hmm. yeah same dude same feels there okay so we we might if we've got time we might do another episode dude and dive into a bit more of this um maybe with the round table guys get their view yes with our writers yeah okay mm. okay so scores on the doors you can go first buddy what are you, what are you giving us I, I'm, I'm giving you an eight out of ten which, okay um, yep. 
yeah, an eight out of ten. I can't go to a nine. I mean, it, it just because of the story itself. It wasn't the strongest story, but it was a really, really beautiful, fun watch. So, after you give your score, I might possibly <laughs> put a point five on there. Should I go point five? I will go point five. I'll go eight point five, and that's my final score. Um, I, I won't go any higher because there were a lot of plot holes, and Vinda was back for no reason and was useless. And there was you could pick at it if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. overall, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Radio. Well, I'm going to go with an eight, buddy. A flat eight. I thought you'd go for an eight. Yeah. I thought you'd be higher than me. No, I'm going to go for an eight. Um, similar reasons to you, really. I thought, um, yeah, there was a few problems here and there. It wasn't, you know, never expect anything to be perfect anyway. But it certainly wasn't, um, like I said at the beginning, I didn't, I didn't finish watching it and think, oh my God, that's the best bit of Doctor Who I've seen. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. floor me. I just finished watching it and thinking that was really enjoyable, solid solid writing that made some really good decisions but there was also some so just some chibnall flavor on it that's just still lingering from some of the yeah. other episodes and you know there's no wrap up with flux we don't know what the hell's going on it was just like he's just abandoned that stuff i mean there, i think there are some logistical things that come into play a little bit like there's still that you know did he say that in an interview or somebody said in an interview that he assumed that this would be the very last doctor who story um or the sea devils are going to be the very last one or something like that before it was announced that russell was coming back and he was going to dive into all that so having to shift things around things around and logistical stuff you can kind of get it to a degree but it just feels like you know the the very strong narrative that it built up throughout flux was just like well don't worry about that now (laughs) you know don't worry about it so he, he wrote the stakes being very high in flux but now we're here, it's like they just seem a bit inconsequential. So, you know, I, I must admit that's, like that. that is a slight disappointment to me. I do feel like he threw the grenade in there and then just ran. And I, I don't quite understand that. Like it was such the timeless child thing and flux was such yeah. quite a big yep. deal. Uh, it does big, feel big like, deal. yeah, just threw it in there, but didn't do anything with it. I, and that is something I'm slightly, whether you, you know, there's a whole other podcast, the whole timeless child and flux <laughs> thing, but yeah you know, threw the grenade in and then ran. I feel like he should have let it go off a little bit if you're going to do that. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okie dokie. So an 8 from, an 8.5 from him, an 8 yes. from me. Uh, we did have some plenty of reviews in, so I'm going to whiz through them really quick. Okay. But I did open up this one for some audio reviews. We had just a few in for that. So Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, so let's hear from, uh, who's up first? Let's hear from Will Sanger. First of all, I'm really glad you guys are back. Hope you had a good break. The Power of the Doctor. I didn't like it very much. Don't get me wrong, there were some nice parts. Sasha Dewan stole the show. I liked the companion support group and seeing David Tent at the end was great. But it felt like 500 plot lines crammed together. And given it was Jodie Whittaker's last story, she was barely in it and never got the chance to deliver a great final performance. And the story has no interest in seeing her go out in a heroic and satisfying way. All the good things are at the expense of a good ending for Joe DeWitzka as the Doctor. And I think that is very disappointing. I will. God. I will, golly. Okay. I'm really surprised. It's because I've, uh, very <laughs> unusually for Doctor Who, especially at this point, I've heard very little negativity towards this episode. So that's genuine, genuinely floored me a little bit. But, oh, wow. Sorry yeah. you didn't enjoy it, mate. Yeah, we're all not happy with that one. No. Sorry, Will. Uh, <laughs> right. Neil Campbell, what are you saying? 
What about you fellas? How's it going? Before I get into my review, I just want to say I've never been a big fan of this era, but I was really hoping that it would end on a high note. And in my opinion, it really did. I loved it from start to finish. I thought everything was great about it. I really enjoyed Jodie Whittaker's performance. She downplayed it a wee bit, sort of downstated it, and I think it suited her doctor so much better than all the Sonic and, and whatnot. And the navy blue jacket came out as well at one stage. Love that. I really enjoyed Sasha Dewan as the master. It was great having Ace and Tegan back. I thought they were both absolutely brilliant. And then the scenes with them and their respective doctors from back in the day was absolutely brilliant. And then the scenes with Jodie and the, the, the former doctors was absolutely unreal. I proper popped for that. It was great seeing Colin Baker, Peter Davison, Paul McGann, etc. all back. It was so good. Was it the best story? Probably not, but I didn't even care. I absolutely loved it from start to finish. For me, the regeneration scene was very good. David Tennant's back. The classic companions were back. It was bloody brilliant. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Cheers. Well, hey. It's a 9 out of Very much on the same page there, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much, Neil. And a good score there as well. 9 out of 10. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, last audio one. This is from Joe Turner. Power of the Doctor was simply amazing. It made me feel so emotional. Firstly, Jodie and Mandit were brilliant and gave such wonderful performances. Sasha Dewan was electric, and to see Tegan and Ace again after all this time was so nostalgic and as if they never left. The scene between Peter Davison and Tegan was so lovely. The Braveheart Tegan and Adric reference was beautiful. And to see Sylve and Ace reunite, well, that was so poetic. We're Ace. What a line. And the regeneration. Well, that was directed astonishingly. The voices of the companions over the Doctor as she was about to regenerate left me an emotional wreck. Mel, Joe and Ian. Ian Chesterton. Wow. Just to think, William Russell is now 96 years old. What a man. Then we get a lovely last line from Jodie. And then David Tennant, baby, enters the building. Wow. Honestly, I screamed several times, cried, everything. It was brilliant. So overall, I'm going to give Power of the Doctor a strong 9.5 out of 10. Thank you. Well, hey. 9.5. Another good one. <laughs> we <laughs> really need clarification over uh, Ian, um, over William Russell's age. You said 95. I said 97. Uh, um, Joe said 96. <laughs> He's probably like... Yeah. 94. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can confirm that he's 97. 97, yay! You were right. I win a prize. Yes, 19th of November, 1924, he was born. That seems unreal. That is incredible. Thank you very much, dudes, for your audio clips. Now, we had loads over Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. Instagram, Discord. So, I'm going to rattle through these super quick and just do the highlights and the scores. It won't only take a minute, I hope. So, over on the Twitter... Start the clock. We had James, at James K348, said, had all the markings of a Chidnall plot, unneeded subplots, overcrowded cast, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, oh my God, it was fun. And he goes on to say it was amazing to see um, Paul McGann again, and the scenes between Five and Tegan and Seven and Ace were beautifully done. Seeing the companion support group at the end was also really lovely. And um, despite not needing to be there, I loved Vinda. I'm freelance. That was badass. And uh, his score which I think he popped up later. Did he pop up later? No. Um, he just closes off to say, um, uh, kind of wanted him to be a glitch rather than a whole new incarnation. Um, 
in terms of 14 with Tennant. But we'll see, I guess. Thank you very much, James. Mm. Sam Dooley says, a beautiful, celebratory, and genuinely powerful mess. Too much cluttered story, but investful all the way through. Awesome and emotional cameos, an 8 out of 10. P.S. Dan's bizarre exit at the start was weird and out of place. Yaz has felt more organic as the episode was showcasing that whilst it's hard to leave the Doctor, you'll be okay. And anyone that isn't Whitaker isn't Yaz's Doctor. So it made sense for her. Uh, Jeff Tulin says um, far too much for a tweet too much for 90 minutes fun but more bonkers than ever much wasted and the blatant copying don't look at it too hard it was good pick one thread and any part of the dozens of hang on a minute moments and it all falls apart Uh, but I'll forgive him just this once uh mr david j wilson says jumble of a story but really what fandom needed not so much of a tip of the hat to the classic more of a bond villain bowler throw which knocked us for six easy to pick up the pieces but why bother just buy the ticket take the ride and enjoy a nine out of ten only because of the lack of tom Ah, i read you uh tom titan sci-fi says rah rah rasputin with a little dancing emoji Uh, and he gives it a 10 out of 10 for the 10 doctors uh, Ollie says blown away such a brilliant send off for the lovely Jodie and her final words were perfect I hope you enjoyed it too Chippy mm-hmm. T fabulous fan service always welcome return of unit uh, same Tegan Ace Kate more than cameo Sasha the greatest master Yaz sensitive and brave goes on to give it a 9.5 uh, Edward Gillooly, finally Chibbers came good the 90 minutes flew by I love the master's jokes and he dominated the episode gives it an 8 out of 10 mm-hmm. Uh, our writer, uh, Matt Steele, says, yes, uh, not only did we have the Centenary special, but we've also got these two legends back after a short break. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I think Matt really liked it. Jacob says, uh, some amazing moments and some great scenes, especially with the classic characters. However, the story wasn't great. Very typical Chibnall um, when you compare it to previous regen stories. Like the end of time, it doesn't compare. So a six out of ten from Jacob. Tom Turlow says it was a completely incoherent mess, and yet in its own way, it was rather lovely. Uh, the plot was gibberish. Chibnall's dialogue was the usual subpar standard, and it was full of fan service nonsense. But it had moments of real tenderness, and um, uh, he goes on to give it an eight out of ten. Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian, says a very busy episode with an unconvincing plot, but still had my, held my attention. Um, great to see um, 5, 6, 7 and 8, Tegan and Ace. Kate made it as well. The classic Doctor Companion scenes were beautiful. A 7 out of 10. Uh, our buddies over at the Doctor Who show, Rob says, incompar- yeah, incomprehensible script, a ton of memberaries, largely of stuff ripped from RTD's era, uh, fan service galore, and yet through it all, some really good lines and some really good moments. Uh, a messy end for Jody, uh, for Jodes. 6 out of 10 was never going to be any different. Uh, Rob Kelly says it was one of the most visually spectacular episodes ever made it looked ace if you really wanted to knock it you could find holes in the plot but that's true of all Doctor Who it was an enjoyable and fun episode with lots of great moments along the way Mm 9.5 and lastly on Twitter Jordan Wedgwood says favourite episode of the Jodie slash Chibnall era had its flaws but enjoyable (coughs) excuse me Jodie's ending was executed well got to think um, that the clothes regenerating as well screams that Tennant isn't actually the 14th Doctor I don't know because the the second Doctor's clothes changed when they did. He yep. regenerated from Hartnell, and don't forget the fourth Doctor's boots. Uh, ah, the boots turned into yeah, clogs. Yeah, yeah. say, so, you know, it can happen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he goes on to say the fan service moments were great, especially five and seven speaking to their companions. Jodie's speech at the end was probably her strongest since Rosa. Sasha Dewan's performance will have to go down as one of the best and most captivating, captivating in modern Who. Mm. thank you very much guys and then quickly over on facebook colin gray 
says, sorry, I forgot about this. <laughs> so eight out of 10. Vincent Price, seven out of 10. Andrew Stewart, a nine out of 10. Uh, Alan Dasley, uh, missed you guys. Can't give a decent review as it was far too busy for a single watch. Uh, I was nervous for Ace and Tegan's characters, but thankfully Chibbers did not mess them up. Uh, Thomas Richard says, uh, this was overstuffed. It took ages to get going, overcrowded. Um, but my God, I can't help but love the episode. Hidden with the Madness is a great epic full of warmth. Uh, goes on to give it um, uh, eight force regenerations out of ten. Um, uh, John Smith says, honestly, an absolute mess, as it has been for the last three seasons. Everything was up in the air and not making uh, any sense of. The rogue Dalek was that magically wanted to destroy his whole race is just bonkers. Uh, why was it not rusty? Uh, why does he get rusty? Yeah, why does he has not know how to fly the TARDIS? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, leaves it with very average uh, five out of ten. Mark Harrison says I was fearful after the last episode um, uh, the special effects on the train were not good I like the way it dealt with Dan leaving simple but effective the cameos were fun some nice moments gives it a 7 out of 10 uh, Kevin Mullen says uh, better than Day of the Doctor as a celebration of this silly funny scary and remarkable series I have loved Jodie's Doctor will miss her a lot and the power of the Doctor was a very fitting farewell it gives it a, a masterpiece 13 out of 10 Wow. Wow, Kev. Uh, Craig Collier, really enjoyed it so much. I wanted to watch it again the next day. And for all the Easter eggs and items I missed, I wouldn't say it was perfect, but definitely Chibnall's best episode, 7.5. Greg Taylor, I have to be honest, I never really connected with 13 like I have previous Doctors. It's not due to Jodie's performance, as she's a great actress. The main reason is the writing. But this was my fave episode of Chibnall's era. Uh, and um, I love that he found a way to do a Dalek story. But this episode was just overtaken. Um, and I'll give it, um, he doesn't give it a score, but just goes to say that uh, I'm not only going to miss Jodie, but also Sasha Dewan as the master. I loved mm. his manic performance. Uh, Christina Feldman, uh, I will definitely be watching this on playback tonight uh, after giving it an 8 out of 10 uh, from a Who fan in the USA. Welcome, Christina. Colin Carey says, I like it. Nice to know it all came together at the end. Paul Carrington, Jodie's goodbye was really understated and warm. Really enjoyed the episode. First time for a while. I didn't understand it, but Ace was Ace. She's definitely got her own show on the in the vein of Sarah Jane Adventures, I'm sure. Uh, what a great ending. Nine out of ten. Susie Child says, welcome back. I enjoyed the ride. It certainly packed a lot in. It's great to see the return of former Doctors and Companions. The Master was good fun. Eight Rasputins out of ten. And finally, Charlie Turner. Without giving anything away, I thought that it was pretty good. Not amazing, but one of the better regen stories. But there have been some heartwarming moments here and there. An eight out of ten plus welcome back, guys. Mm, nice. Nice. Uh, I think I'm doing all right for time. I'm rattling through these pretty sweet. Uh, and lastly, over on our Discord server, uh, Gavrick says, I can't really put it any other ways. My favourite modern regen story. Eight out of, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I'm an idiot, says, I thought the episode was a bit of a mess. Seemed like Chibnall was trying to play the nostalgic value to bring up the ratings, but it worked on me, though. Love David Tennant's return. Seven out of ten. Bad boy, uh, bad wolf boy, says, first of all, I want to say a huge thank you to Gary and Adam for the podcast. I've just started listening during the lockdown of 2020. I've just finished listening to all uh, to every episode. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I replied to him on that. You did well there, dude, to get for all of them. Uh, yeah. And uh, he goes on to give it an 8.5. Um, he says that a few plot threads fell through, but can't wait for the 60th, 8.5. Uh, Dalek Rex says they seem less concerned with telling a story and to do with creating social media buzz through cameos. As a result, we possibly got the most rushed, unfocused, throw everything at the wall episode in Doctor Who's history. <laughs> but man, those cameos were absolutely amazing. It goes on to give it a 7 out of 10. Monty Savage says, you know what? Chibnall didn't do that bad. 
Yes, the dialogue was god-awful at times, but how cool was it to see all the Doctors? He goes on to give it an 8.5. Our writer, Jordan, says, I was pleasantly surprised. I was worried that bringing back my two favourite companions, Chidman would ruin them, but how amazing was it to see them both in action again? And um, he says one of the best uh, Chibnall and Jodie stories, an absolute blast. Uh, Brian from A2 Stoplight Town, I love that name, says the episode was a lot of fun, if somewhat confusing. It was great to see the classic Doctors and Companions uh, back. Sasha Dan was incredible, 8.5. Doc Haunt says the episode was a lot of fun, from the Masters Rasputin dance to Tegan's Aussie attitude. Honestly, just happy Jodie and Mandip went out on a high, 8.5. Um, our other writer Harry says all those cameos brought me to tears it was a fun ep with the master's most hilarious plan yet 8 out of 10 Uh, who question mark says okay so I was asked what the plot for this episode was and my mind went blank lol what was the plan (laughs) goes on to give it a 9 out of 10 Simon Hodgson a 9 out of 10 Super Salmon 8 out of 10 Lewis gives it um, goodbye Jodie and Chris hello David Tennant Russell and uh, Shooty uh, why when says my review will be short in comparison with everyone else's but it was decent by Chibnall standards plot was meh but I had fun the best bits are with the cameos and the classic doctors and lastly Poodle's Bobble says another over busy plot but I didn't mind as it, say, as it sated my appetite uh, for nods to the classic era in bucket loads uh, Ian Chesterton Dalek Master Plan Croydon Braveheart all that stuff a yeah. 9 out of 10 yeah <laughs> You guys were busy on that one. Yeah, yeah. Crikey. So overall, dude, I think it's unanimous. There's a couple of people that are not 100% happy, but mate, a lot of really good scores in theirs. And a nine, even a 13 out of 10 from Kevin. Jesus. Yeah. So and even Harry, our writer, liked it. He's not the biggest fan of this era, is he? Even yeah. he liked it. Yeah. So what a send-off, mate, for Jody. I'm yeah. glad that they, um, they pulled something together and got some cool stuff in there. So, right. That's all that done. What are we doing next week, bud? Yeah, so I'm glad we went out on a high on that uh, on that one after this era. But uh, next week we shall be drifting back to some third Doctor Hiya uh, <laughs> action. So we'll be watching the Silurians. The Silurians, yes. Yeah. Some third Doctor action. Awesome. Can't that's a seven-parter, and it's a big old... It's a big old beast of it? a story, this one, the I Silurians. Think, yeah. I have a feeling, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's be good to watch be some right. classic Who, though. I've been uh, dying to get back into some classic stuff, especially after all the cameos and all the classic yeah. hints and stuff of late. It's been good. So, yeah, the Silurians next week. So, um, yeah, we'll be uh, asking you for your thoughts and reviews on that. So, uh, good times. It's good to be back, dude. It's been great uh, chatting through the power of the Doctor with you. But for the sake of everyone's ears and our own sanity, let's end <laughs> it there on episode 363. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the Big Blue Box Podcast. That was episode 363 and our review of The Power of the Doctor. An 8.5 from him and an 8 from me and some great big scores from our listeners. So thank you very much to all of you that have sent in your audio clips and commented throughout the socials. It's very cool. As Adam said, when we return next week, we will be reviewing the third Doctor story, The Silurians. So get that watch, get your your Blu-rays, uh, so all your DVDs out or your Britbox fired up because we'll be asking for your thoughts 
as always. In the meantime, uh, make sure that you are following or subscribing to this podcast on your preferred podcast app. Um, it's all there for free. You can listen to it on the website as well, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, plus check out all the reviews from our writing team. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There are links on the website. Plus, we have a free Discord server. Hop in there and chat Doctor Who with some other cool Who fans. Also, don't forget to remember <laughs> to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yeah. Go and check out my channel. All the Doctor Who vids are on there. And also on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. The Gram. Instagram. Yes. So go and do that. Check out Adam's channel. Loads of cool videos there. Grab a cup of tea, get comfy, and check out some cool Doctor Who and just general sci-fi goodness over on his channel. Okay, we'll be back next week. Until then, take it easy, take care of yourselves, and remember, it's...